Welcome to the latest podcast from the London Institute of Banking and Finance, lifelong partners for financial education. Learn more about our qualifications at www.libf.ac.uk. I'm here with Professor Pete Hahn to talk about his fascinating article about data and banking. So Pete, perhaps we could start with the, the obvious question is, is data a new issue for banks? Well, I like to think of it in a relatively easy way. 20 years ago, I walked into my bank, I got a pile of cash out after I got paid, and I went to, whether it was the dry cleaners or the grocery store, or I went and I bought my commutation ticket and how I got to work, and the bank just knew that I took out so much money and what I got paid. Today, I'm using electronic payment information, and the bank knows now that I've been to all of those places. And not only does it know that, it keeps that record. And what does it do with it? And so it's created this whole new amount of information for a bank that banks hadn't really used or had before. So why is it so important to the banks to know more about us? Well... One is the banks not only have all this information and they're going to get more and more of it as time goes on because we will use electronic payments for just about everything we do. So there's an obligation first on the bank. What does it do with all this information? How does it keep it? How does it make it secure? Uh, And those costs and regulatory costs related to data are just going to keep going up. Uh, Those obligations are are very important in that management. So now the bank has all this information. Is there an opportunity to use that information is the big question. And what might those commercial opportunities look like? Well, I think right now banks are exploring this, sometimes in-house, sometimes with partners. But as the bank learns more about me, there's potential to help me not only with my financial services, which is a great opportunity for new kinds of products. In fact, to even almost design my own financial product, but it's also got the opportunity to help me with lots of other things in my life. And that creates some really interesting challenges and opportunities for the bank. But I guess not only for the banks, there'll be other people chasing the same data to use it for different commercial purposes. Is that right? I I would agree. And I would say most of that data, but not all of it, not some things like my salary and other areas like that, is probably out there in the big public domain. But it's spread quite thinly. So some merchant might know I bought this, but do they know I also bought that? Uh, I I see, got so much in pay, how much did I put into this investment or that savings account? How much did I do? So the bank has my financial life together and having it together is a lot easier than somebody trying to put it together. So we hear a lot about banks uh, having firewalls broken into and uh, incurring other cybersecurity issues. What risks do you think they are going to face when they look to exploit our data? The risks, I shouldn't understate it, are vast. One, we started talking before about just protecting that, using it, some of the ethics that come in, and then you've got the whole world of people trying to hack into it, 
take advantage of it. So banks need to get better at this whole concept, not only of data management and looking for all the risks that could happen, and equally so this, this chance to really help customers in a big way that frankly can also help the bank make a lot more money. Do you think this has the possibility of undermining people's trust in banks if they see banks using our data in ways that other online vendors use it? Will they start to think this is a step too far? It's a great question because when we ask the public things about whether they trust technology companies and trust banks, and I'd be the first one to say, I'm not sure everybody loves either of them, uh, but with banks, people do trust their banks with their money and their information today. So banks need to proceed with, with care. But I think many people will come to expect banks to, to provide them with a better service. And this, through new technologies like all kinds of digital services that are available and machine learning and artificial intelligence, the prospect for a bank to look at me and say, Pete, this would help you and give some different advice to you, Alex, and say, this is what you need, is the great way forward because today the bank will send all of us something and say, do you want house insurance? And I don't live in a house. I live in a flat. So as that knowledge gets used, the bank has opportunity, but it's going to have to prepare its customers really well to get that advice. Uh, there was a recent piece in the press about how challenge banks are struggling to uh, get all of our financial services under their umbrella uh, and that a lot of young people use challenger banks for payments, but very few use them for salary and other purposes. So do you think this data mountain is going to give the incumbent legacy banks uh, a great competitive edge over the new competitors? I do. I think banking, we, we don't appreciate as much uh, how much that long-term trust relationship is there in other parts. You know, you can almost laugh. I show students pictures of old bank branches with the columns out front. And there was a really important reason why banks were designed that way, and that was to give people confidence that their money was going to be safe in that building. It wasn't necessarily in the building all the time, but it, it was a, a measure of, I really trust them. It's really difficult to think many people who have lots of savings are going to send them to just totally an online provider without any physical presence that's visible. That maybe shouldn't be the whole decision-making criteria, but I think incumbent banks have a huge advantage. So what does it mean for us as an educator in terms of the, the courses that we teach, but also the roles that we're preparing students for? Well, if we looked at our educational criteria not that long ago, it was primarily starting with things like credit risk and market risk, and we taught all these traditional, really, financial risks. But as it evolves, as we prepare people for financial services, we're going to be preparing them a lot more for managing a financial institution and those much wider risks that we sort of broadly call operating risks. But thinking about a bank and ethical decisions, well, you know, we used to probably define that to where you're being 
bigoted or prejudiced when you granted someone a loan. Today, if someone's medical bills are coming through, the bank really knows a lot about their health. And that is a big ethical challenge that a bank hasn't had before. So it's just, just the tip of the iceberg. But certainly banks will need to educate their employees. And we're trying very hard to develop that curriculum right now. Great. Pete, thank you so much for your insights. And this is an exciting topic, which I'm sure will run and run. Thank you so much. My pleasure. If you want to read more about this topic, then uh, have a look at our website where you can find Pete's article, Banking and Data. Have you noticed the change? Thank you for listening. You can find out more about our qualifications and our work at www.libf.ac.uk. If you want to get involved, contact us at podcast at libf.ac.uk.